Hi everyone, welcome to the Dark and Twisty Sisters podcast. We are Shane and Lisa, your Dark and Twisty hosts. Please join us as we get up close and personal with each other and our incredible guests. Hey, hello everybody and welcome to episode one of the Dark and Twisty Sisters podcast. Um, today we are interviewing Lisa, one of your Dark and Twisty hosts and I've got a whole bunch of questions lined up for her, which she does not look excited about. You excited, Lise? I'm thrilled. I'm absolutely thrilled at the yeah. prospect of being interrogated. <laughs> It'll be fine. I mean, it's not an inter- It'll be fine. It'll be fine. You know, come on, it's only me. What am I going to ask you? That's that's true. Scary. Yeah. Did you, if I if I, if I don't like a question, I'll just say no comment. Okay. I mean, I'm used to that. I did used to uh, interview police officers, but you know. Um, we do have a few questions sent in by our lovely fans. Oh, we've got fans. <laughs> oh, my one mate <laughs> who just wanted to be mean. Oh. <laughs> um, don't worry, don't worry about that. So let's let's just just lead you in, warm up. Let tell us a little bit about Lisa and um, yeah, Lisa, where she grew up family you know the background okay so I was born in Scarborough in June 1981 Scarborough is a seaside town in North Yorkshire if you don't know where Scarborough is Uh, so yeah I was born in Yorkshire but as you can tell from my accent I would think grow up in Yorkshire um grew up in Surrey my mum and dad moved down to Surrey when I was a bit I think I was four at the time um and my dad couldn't get any work in Yorkshire so we moved down south which is where my mum's family lived Um, so I grew up in Surrey Camberley in Surrey with my brother and sister Um, mum and dad obviously well not obviously but my mum and dad Uh, we lived in Camberley for a very long time and then I met my lovely husband on a holiday on an 1830s holiday in Zante in Greece and um I'm jumping way ahead. I'm not telling you anything about my child. Sorry, that's okay. No, no, that's fine. I just like so classy, so classy. The 1830 holiday. I mean. 1830s holiday, yeah. I mean, um, I'm just going for big life events here. So I was born, moved to Surrey, met Rich. Um, met him <laughs> on a holiday in, um, in Zante in Greece, 1830s holiday. Uh, love at first cocktail. Um, that was it, really. I arrived on the Friday, met him on the Friday. He left on the Sunday. The following Friday, I got home, drove straight up to Nottingham where he lived to meet him and spend the weekend. And the rest, as they say, is history. So we've been together ever since, which is now, met him in 2002. So that's 18 years we've been together. Um, And we got married in 2010. We've just celebrated our 10 year wedding anniversary in April. Um, so yeah it's a long long time ago from that 1830s so we basically had a holiday romance and a long distance relationship Um, so everything you are told is not optimal for a long-term relationship we've managed (laughs) managed to keep it going so far he's put up with you yeah bless him he has a lot to put up with (laughs) yeah yeah he does yeah and then you've forgotten somebody. Oh, yes. And then I had a child. <laughs> so 
Um, <laughs> we had we had a child in um, Jack in oh, when did we have him? September two thousand and twelve. Sorry, I'm a terrible mother. So we, we decided sort of at the end of 2011, yeah, we'll start. We've been married a couple of years, so we'll think about having a family. Not expecting anything to happen that quickly. So we started trying Christmas 2011, and by the 10th of January 2012, I was preggers. Um, literally first go, there he was. Um, and he arrived in September 2012, and life has never been the same since. So yeah, he's he's our best mate, keeps us on our toes. Um, didn't sleep for the first two years, fully did not sleep for the first two years. Still gets into our bed now, much to Richard's disgust. But I love <laughs> it. I love it when he gets into bed with me because it, you know, it's what we've done since he was a baby. And I know he's getting too old now and I need to, you know, cut the cord as they say, but um I do like my little cuddles, so as long as he wants to um, cuddle mummy, I will let him. Yeah, like if he's happy with it, you know. Yeah. Each their own and yeah. he's a lovely lad. I do Thank love Jack. You. Thank you very much. Yeah, he's he's cute. He, he can be a nightmare at times. Told me to shut up five times yesterday. <laughs> well, maybe you needed it. Maybe. Um, but yeah, he, um, he got a bit of a tongue lashing yesterday. Bless him. Which I'm yeah. sure you can imagine is not that warm from me no <laughs> yeah. um okay should we move on to yeah. the question yeah okay right who was the first person you spoke to this morning and what did you talk about the first person I spoke to this morning was my niece Jade who is actually very close in age to me so my sister um, had my niece, Jade, when I was six years old. Um, my sister was like 16, 17. Um, and so me and Jade have been really close in age since we've grown up. So we're like sisters, really. Um, and we spoke this morning because we were both trying to get PS5s for our respective children. And then we were both <laughs> talking about who could get, who, who'd gone onto what website and is it here is it there so that yeah that she was the first person I spoke to this morning and oh. I was telling her off because she was getting a bit anxious about it all so I was like if we get one we get one if we don't we don't so um, hang on hang on back up okay you were telling her off for being anxious <laughs> yeah I know now, there's something I'm just gonna let you all in on um here <laughs> Lisa is the most anxious person I have ever met really I think so I am quite anxious you are hence, so that's hence, that's hence the meds <laughs> <laughs> hey hence the meds they work um, no I know but I think it, I'm, I'm okay in certain situations like in some situations I'm like do you know what I'm starting to get better at if it's out of my control you know there's me worrying about it is not actually going to change it um and I think I and also if I'm already a little bit anxious about something and, and I was a little bit anxious about getting this console for my kid but um if I'm already a little bit anxious about something and then someone else is anxious as well I'm like it makes me a bit I think I feel like it kind of I don't know what the word is like 
kind of stops me being anxious and I sort of just try and calm them down and it kind of um, combats it a little bit. Do you know what I mean? I don't know if that makes sense, but... Yes, no, it does. And people say that in other situations. It's like a lot of things, like when you're worried about something, if somebody else is worried, it takes it away from you and you kind of then... It gives you something else to focus on, Yeah. basically. Yeah. And people say that, they do that a lot. And if I was trying to sort of allay her concerns it was stopping me thinking about my own I guess so yeah yeah and thank you Jade for being <laughs> irritating love you lots <laughs> <laughs> so okay um your love for exercise Lisa I mean <clears throat> it's 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 a lot you do love it I do. do you love it or is it or, or is it just uh no I do love it I, I do, do. There's some days where, I, you know, I can't be bothered. Like I'll wake up and I'm like, oh, I really just can't be bothered. But then I know if I don't do it by like 11 o'clock midday, I'm going to be like, I'll be thinking about the fact that I will want to exercise later on in the day. And I prefer to get it done, get up, get it out of the way. Well, not get it out of the way, but just get it done. And then it starts my day off. And then I know I've got the rest of my day to have a shower, get ready for work um get Jack to school and then when Jack gets home from school and I finish work I don't have to worry then about exercising but yeah I love it but like I say everyone has their days where they just can't be bothered and I'm not very good at taking rest days which I think kind of means that I burn out every so often because I'm I'm terrible at taking rest days I know you're supposed to rest at least once a week but even on my rest days I'm like walking on the treadmill which I think is okay um that's okay that's all right I think walk yeah like I I, (laughs) I've been there once (laughs) no where I I remember what it's like when you really get into it and you're enjoying it you know you know you should have a rest day but you tell yourself it's like but I enjoy it and what's wrong with it what's bad about it so you just carry on anyway but I guess you know if you know you're doing it and I I don't think walking on the treadmill no and and for me as well it's time to myself so I obviously have a busy life like I work full-time I've got Jack I've got Rich you know I've got all the things every you know working mum wife has to deal with as as well as trying to fit an exercise and all the rest of it so um that 45 minutes or hour that I get in the morning whether that's walking on the treadmill or doing a workout it's my time to myself to like so I I do like to get up early and then have that time to myself before anybody else in the house is awake I get that whole getting your the hour to yourself um in the morning that's what you enjoy doing I did it a little bit um when I first got back from India this year and I used to get up at like six half between half five and six and that first hour I didn't exercise but I did my own stuff like I did my meditation and I did my reading yeah. and journaling and I loved that it was just me up at that time yeah and yeah I get it so if it works for you so what I was getting to <laughs> was that obviously I know you follow a lot of fitness people and influencers on Instagram and social media and I know you've gone through different phases of doing different people's training programs but like what is your honest opinion on fitness influences on social media like you know are there some that you just like can't stand are there some that have got the balance right are there some that just you just think are leading people down the wrong 
you know the wrong path I mean uh, I think it's it's a really difficult job because for me fitness and what every individual needs in terms of their fitness is is unique so it's difficult for a fitness influencer or a fitness trainer who's online you know online based to create a program that will suit every single person going so I think it's a really difficult job that they've got and they've also got a responsibility to make sure the information that they're putting out there is accurate um isn't triggering or how do I put this so it's difficult to make sure the right message is being portrayed I guess so there's a lot of impressionable young women and men out there which I'm sure you know we've all been we've all been young and we've all had hang-ups on our bodies and I think it's really difficult to get that balance where between motivating people to exercise and live a healthy lifestyle and also encouraging people to be obsessed or take it too far um now I've done my fair share of programs so and I try not to get too involved in and I have got involved in the whole bubble surrounding these influences you know I was heavily into the whole Kayla Ritzinus BBG bubble as you know um really really heavily into that um I kind of stepped back from that a little bit just as life got busier and I still do the programs. I love the programs. And I think that's the thing. I think as long as you've got a good base program that works, then people are always going to get results, but it is just that balance between encouraging people to exercise, but also not allowing people to become obsessed or to take it in the wrong direction. So I wouldn't say there's anyone I can't stand or I think you're doing the wrong thing, but I just think it's really important that they remember their audience so for instance Courtney Black who I'm I'm doing all her workouts at the moment and the workouts are really tough really intense um but they're really good and you know they are really good um and I see there's been a bit of a backlash this week for Courtney because she posted a um a workout called bra bulge workout or something so you know like where you wear a bra and you get those little bits of armpit fat that sort of spill out over so she just I think she innocently created this workout which is just effectively a chest workout but she called it bra bulge and like loads of people jumped on her for it and I can see why they've jumped on her for it because it is kind of it's probably the wrong she probably just should have called it a chest workout which she's admitted herself um so I think that's what I'm talking about you know just be careful what you're putting out there. And, and I've started doing like, and I'm just doing it for fun. So I do a live couple of live workouts just for me really twice a week. And I put them on that private Facebook group, which I started off with. And now I do it on my IGTV live, but only purely because it's easier to upload it. But, you know, I'm quite mindful of what I'm doing in those workouts. is isn't too intense or too out there because I think it's important to try and make sure you can it's accessible for everyone and everyone can have a go yeah. I was just gonna say I suppose when it's out there like especially on Instagram live you don't know who's watching mm. and I think with with Courtney you know she probably started out just doing this what a lot of people do is just work out um online and it's yeah. going out live people start following she's got now got a big following and yet I don't think she sometimes maybe 
remembers how big that following is mm -hmm. and you know it's yeah. just something that's gotten so big and all she is is just yeah it's just a 24 year old girl you know trying to do her best yeah and, and, yeah, and I've got no you know I'd, I don't for a second think she would ever put anything out there that she thought would be detrimental to someone's mental health or trigger them or you know lead them down the wrong path but the the reality is it will without her even yeah. realizing and it's very it's yeah. you know, it's a big responsibility and I think her audience because of her age is probably that younger age group you know you're 15 to 24 year olds who are impressionable are you know not children but they are still you know working out who they are um I think for someone like me I can do the Courtney workouts and I can get involved in that little you know social media following she's got but I I can step back from it and say actually you know this isn't very good for me um some of the discussions that go on in the Facebook group are a little bit triggering for me because of my background with my you know my disorder you know eatings and everything I, I just feel like um I, can, I know now in myself I need to step back from that because it's not good for me the workouts are brilliant love the workouts but I don't want to get involved in any of the rest of it do you saying that you can like step back when it gets too much is because of if you've been through it once already where you've you've got sucked in now you're aware of it and I think that's the thing isn't it when the younger girls are getting involved in some of these things for the first time yeah. they're not even noticing what they're doing we've all done it I did it I mean I wasn't as obsessed with Kayla um and the workouts but I still did get into that little bubble like if I I mean if I hadn't I wouldn't have met you guys but mm. it's easily done with so many things I guess yeah and I think the Just problem is to be careful. the problem is that and we I, you know I fell into the trap with the whole Kayla thing is you feel like they're your, they're your friend and they're not your friend. Yeah. And no. like you, you start to feel like you know them and you don't know them. And then you kind of expect stuff back from them. Like you would expect a response. Like if you commented, like you would expect them to comment back. And it's like, well, Courtney's got nearly 800,000 followers. I think Kayla at the time had about 5 million, 6 million followers. So she isn't going to respond. Um, and to expect that, I think, is a bit silly. Okay, let's go to a slightly different question for you now. Um, just because it's back on the TV, and I know they're not in the jungle, they're in a castle, but if you were going to be sent to the jungle with me, your, ho uh, your host, not your host, <laughs> your... My host, Shana. <laughs> what am I? What am I oh, do you know what Shana feels? Spit it out. Okay. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, you're being sent to the jungle with me. What is one thing you're worried about? One thing you're excited about? And one thing you are definitely going to take with you? So in terms of what I'm worried about and what I'm excited about, what, spending time with you or just being in the jungle? I mean, either or. Okay. Um, gosh, well, what would I be worried about? I'd be worried about... I wouldn't be worried about spending time with you, but I'd be worried about being in the jungle purely because I don't even camp. <laughs> I camped in the garden in the summer with Jack and Rich and hated every minute of it. So me in the jungle is just not going to happen. Um, what would I be excited about? I guess I'd be excited about just the you know, the whole adventure of it going away and having having a bit of me time with you, I guess. Um 
And what would I take with me? My hanky and my Vaseline. <laughs> Which sounds rude, but it's not. It's just I always have a hanky <laughs> because I've always like, got a runny nose. And I always have my little Vaseline pot because I always have dry lips. So She does. She is the only person I know, apart from my dad, who only takes a handkerchief with him if he's going to, like... I don't know, he's wearing a suit and going to a wedding or something. Lisa carries a handkerchief with her everywhere, like a proper old man one as well. Yeah. yeah. I get that from my dad. My dad's always got a hanky in his pocket. Yeah. It's cute. I like it. <laughs> I'm secretly a 70-year-old um, man. Do you want to stay on the theme of holidays? I'm easy. Um, well, we had a question from, was it Nikki? Probably. Who, yeah, she asked, if you weren't a holiday to Australia, who were the five people you would take with you? But if you might combine it with my question, which was, what would be your ideal holiday location? Who would you take with you? Oh. We do five well, people, yeah. ideal holiday. Okay. So I would I would love to go to Australia. Um, my friend um, Haley lives over there she moved over there just after Jack was born actually she's been over there nearly eight years now um so we work we do want to go to Australia so I, I think yeah I'd love to go to Australia go to all the beaches and just see the way of life over there the five people I would take with me I don't know if I like five people um I would take Jack and and Richard obviously who would I take will you be offended if I don't say you <laughs> I don't know who I've been. I mean, it's, a diff, it's a tough one. No, of course not. I've been a lot. It's difficult because who would I take with me? Probably my mum. I'm very boring. I don't have, like, I have a very small circle of friends. Um, like I had a small circle of friends at school that I still talk to. Um, and then Hayley was my best friend and she moved to Australia to get away from me. So, um, I'm struggling. I'm struggling for five. I just take Rich and Jack got, with me. Take Rich and Jack. Take um, your mum and dad, and take me. And you don't have to holiday with me because I'll just go and stay with my sister. Okay, fine. Yeah, I'll take you then. Okay. <laughs> thanks. Thanks for clearing that up for me. <laughs> I told you I wasn't prepared. I haven't prepared any answers. Um, well, I think this one's going to be pretty obvious, but um, Nikki would also like to know. Would you rather spend a year traveling the world on a shoestring budget or a year in the same country but living in luxury? Luxury every time. Yeah, I can't yeah. imagine you. Shoestring budget. Yeah. I mean, how much of a shoestring are we talking about here? I mean, I mean, I I obviously did the backpacking thing and no. I roughed it, but I wasn't even on a shoestring budget. Like I still Compared to some people, I mine was a fairly luxurious backpacking trip. No, I am not. I'm not a princess or anything, but like, I like my home comforts. I like a hotel yeah. and a bath and a shower and comforts. I don't want to be living out of a backpack in a hostel with 50 other people. I just, no. And that's not me being a snob. It's, I just know myself and I would hate it. I'd hate every minute of it. It's like Richard's brother and his girlfriend, they actually back, they got a camper van and drove around Australia for like a year. They loved it. I couldn't do that. No. I think you'd hate it. And I think anybody with you would also hate it. Yes. 
by extension they would hate that they would hate being with me <laughs> she's, a, she's a really lovely person though by the way everybody really really lovely unless I'm yeah. hungry or I'm tired or I'm annoyed which is pretty much 80% of the time I'm one of those yep. things <laughs> oh dear what shall we ask you next most embarrassing thing you've ever done uh, what to pick I mean I did get so drunk once that I lost my suitcase um, <laughs> and then had to go to the police station the next day to report it lost or stolen and then was sick outside the police station um, while my friend just stood there and laughed at me. Um, and inside the suitcase was my car keys, my GHDs, my French connection, G like literally my whole, I'd gone, to, I'd gone home for the weekend from Nottingham to see my mates. And we went out on the Friday night and got absolutely trolleyed. Um, and I was at my friend's house and I decided it'd be a good idea to go home. Got myself in a taxi. And I think what happened is I got myself in a taxi, took my suitcase, decided then that I didn't actually have the money for this taxi and went back to my mate's house. And then the taxi driver, got, oh, God knows what he thought. He obviously just drove off with my suitcase in the taxi and I just, it was never to be seen again. So that's pretty embarrassing. <laughs> Three things about yourself that you would like to improve. Um, I'd like to have a longer fuse. So I, I get irritated very quickly and I don't always step back and think about things before I react. So I would like to have the ability to step back, digest what's happened before I start kicking off, should we say. Um, what else would I like to improve? I'd like to be more self-assured, so less worried about what other people think. Um, I always, I think I always put on this front that I'm quite confident and I don't care about what other people think, but deep down I do really care about what people think and I would like it to be true that I don't care um, and be more confident in myself. But I think I'm getting there slowly, but it's um, it's difficult to to balance being confident and being don't not worrying about what other people think as well as being without being um arrogant and um just like not you know not being a very nice person so just getting that balance and what else would I like to improve I'd like to um probably I don't know uh I'm not very good at balancing things so I, I'm trying to do things all the time and I think I probably not neglect Jack, that sounds awful, but I think like I could probably relax a bit more and chill out a bit more and just be with him and sit with him and just chill and do stuff rather than constantly be in my head or, oh, I need to do that washing and I need to do that and I need to do that. And I think that's probably true of any mum or, you know, busy person that you, yeah, probably need to learn to chill a bit more and just relax when I'm with Jack and Rich and be a bit less busy in my brain. I think maybe boundaries like do you have an issue because I feel like sometimes we'll talk about something that needs doing whether it's we haven't really even said like say this podcast for instance and we all talk about something that needs to happen and you will get on it straight away which is fine but do you ever just take a seat back and go no I'm not going to do that so I don't have to because I feel like you just no. is it a what kind of need is that? Is that a need it's a control. to... It's a control thing. Yeah. 
because then I don't have to worry about what the outcome is going to be because I know I've controlled the outcome by doing it myself. Yeah. Whether that outcome is good or bad, at least I know what the outcome is. Yeah. And, and that helps my anxiety. So it's like yeah. when I, I had some CBT and he used to, you know, he used to say to me, you know, what do you think it is? You know, why, why do you feel the need to like control these things? And, and it is, and he's like, would you rather have a bad outcome just so you know what that outcome is than wait and get the good outcome? And yeah. I'm like, yeah, I would rather just know that it's a bad outcome and just know it's a fear of the unknown, isn't it? Yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah. I think, yeah. I, I think a lot of people would probably be in the same, in the same boat and maybe not admit it, like admit that that's what it is. Um, three things you've either achieved or overcome or, or succeeded at that you're proud of. So I guess it sounds really vain, but like, when I was younger, I was quite overweight. So I like went on to Weight Watchers and lost loads of weight. And I was proud of that at the time because it was difficult. You know, it was, it's, it's just takes discipline and determination and you have to constantly be not on it, but like you have to really want it for yourself. So I guess I've, I'm proud of that, that I've developed like a healthy lifestyle. Um, although to be fair, there have been periods where I haven't been as good with my food and I have developed, you know, sort of disordered eating where I've binged and then I've um, like abused, <laughs> I don't know if I should say it, but like I've abused laxatives before. So I've eaten loads of food and then I would eat, take laxatives to try and just flush it all out just to get rid of it, to make myself feel empty and like not feel like I'd eaten all that food. So I went through a period where I was doing that quite a lot and I never really spoke to anyone about it because I felt, well, obviously I was embarrassed that I was doing it. Um, so I guess it's just, I'm quite, I'm getting to the point now where I don't feel like I need to do that anymore. So I'm quite proud that I've worked through that. Not to say I won't ever not do it again. Um, I'd hope I won't, but it's difficult to, um, especially cause I've lost quite a bit of weight this year as well. Cause it, you know with the you know I sort of got to I think I just woke up one morning in May and I was like I'm really unhealthy I'm just eating loads of crap I'm drinking every day I'm just not looking after myself I've had enough um and I, and then I was doing that at the same time you know eating loads and then trying to combat it by doing you know abusing those so from where I was in May to where I am now um I'm quite proud of that and also quite proud of the fact that I've given up alcohol for a good eight weeks now which I know is not a, you know a massive period of time but for someone who's been drinking every day constantly for at least two or three years now which pro people probably don't realize um, they just see me on the occasional night out pissed out of my face and think oh she, you know she's just having a, a night where she's getting drunk no I was getting drunk a lot mostly on my own at home so wasn't you know so yeah I think the fact that I've managed to not have a drink for eight weeks is is big for me it's massive like so it I'm is proud of that. huge eight weeks honestly when people say oh you know I'm only I've only done a week we get that a lot in the be sober support group um people come on and they're like oh I'm only in week one no no there's no only because people who literally 
don't even see or think, or maybe they haven't got an issue with alcohol. Some people, some of those people can't go a week without. So people who are, you know, openly saying, I struggle mm. with it, I've got a problem, and then go a week is massive, huge. So eight weeks, it's a really, really, really big deal. So I'm proud of you as well for that. They're the most recent ones, I'd say. But I'm proud of you about the like the whole healthy eating and looking at because you you are very disciplined, you are very good. And when it's like, right, I need to get back on the healthy track, you do it and you stick to it. But when you've done things that aren't quite healthy, like you've just spoken about then, you've talked about it, you've spoken about it. And I think that's something to be proud of because people would just wouldn't admit to some of that stuff at all so and you've also acknowledged that you you know you can't say you wouldn't do it again I think that's the same as we're drinking you nobody can ever really say I'm not going to do that again because I don't know no so you're aware of it and I think when I look at obviously I've put my like progress photos on Instagram and it's not even about the physical I mean, obviously, the, I'm really happy with the physical progress I've made. But, like, it's just when I look at that picture and how, how unhappy I look, like, like, I can just, I'm like, and I've seen it on a couple of people that you follow, that I follow now, like, who are on their, their sober journeys. And it's like they say, oh, you know, I was just dead behind the eyes and I know exactly what they mean. You're just, you're just treading water. Yeah. You're just existing. and. Mm-hmm. And I can't have been a very good mum and I can't have been a very good wife at this point or daughter, you know, it's just, yeah, I just, I'd had enough. Um, so lockdown, as bad as it has been for a lot of people, it's probably been the making of me this year, I would say. You see things differently, you're there all the time, but I've never thought you were a bad mum at all. Maybe your focus has probably been elsewhere sometimes, but I don't think Jack would have ever noticed. I think obviously I started a new job in February, um, which would have in, would have involved a lot of travel, um, and my previous role um, that I left was a lot of travel. Like last year, I was barely at home. Like I was away every mm. week, up and down the country, and it does it takes its toll. It takes its toll on you as a person, and it takes its toll on you as a mum and a you know and a wife. It's just like because when you get home, you just want to you don't want to do things you just want to chill out or have time for yourself because you've been yeah. working away but then they're they're happy to have you home and they want to do stuff with you and it's like oh I just want to just want to relax but it's um yeah so it was hard that year which is kind of why I moved on you know I was just burning out and I was ready for a new challenge as well so I'm really happy with what I'm doing now it's definitely more me um so yeah I'm really enjoying it um but yeah I'm proud of you for all those things I think you had a really good year and I know it's a really difficult thing to admit I've done it as well where everybody's having you know not everybody but so many people are having such a shitty year and I wouldn't you know I'm not don't want to ignore that or anything but I've had a really good year as well and I think if you've had a good year and you've you've improved on yourself or you've done things that are good for you then you should still be able to talk about it and not feel guilty well done you thank you do you want a funny one or a serious one question next let's go funny would you rather sing karaoke in a room full of people you don't know or do the macarena alone on instagram live 
Macarena. Really? Because no one would watch the Instagram live. <laughs> Based on no, my work. They would. I think they would. Because um, what happens on on Instagram live and anything like that, it's like, oh, that person's gone on live. Everybody flicks on for a second to see what it is. Now, if they flick on and you're just like in your gym gear, just everyone's like, yeah, whatever, she's working out. If someone stood there on their own doing the Macarena, I'd watch because I'd be like, what is this twat doing? Yeah. I probably, yeah, Macarena, I can't sing. Um, and at least if I'm doing it on Instagram Live, I'm in my own little room and I, I can just pretend no one's watching. But if you're in a room for the yeah. people, they're looking at you. So, yeah. Macarena. Fair enough. She knows Macarena. It was on um, I'm a Celeb last night, actually, funnily enough. It was. Um, I know it's um question from um beth strong you may have heard of her mm. she would like to know who your favorite bbg girl is now just for the listeners bbg again is the um bikini bodyguard workout that we were doing about five years ago and that's how we all met as friends and when we say bbg girls i'm assuming she means our little gang of bbg girls so you have to pick a favorite like picking your favourite child. Um, I mean, it literally is for us, isn't it? Well, she just wants me to say her, doesn't she? But uh, yeah, I'm not going to give her the satisfaction. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't got a favourite. Um, I love them all Good equally. Answer. Good answer. And I'm very sorry that we, when we were talking about them last week, we missed two off. Miss Rosie and Miss Veronica, we missed you. I'm so sorry um we we were we were chastised but um I think it's because we were talking about not they all came up in slightly different bits of the conversation yeah rather than us list, list we didn't list them and then just forgot two people no. we're not that terrible no. No. um well I think that's all the questions I have for you. oh no last okay. boring one I'm sorry, that, that's going to sound awful now because I'm going to ask you what you do for work, one thing you love about it, one thing you hate about it, um, and I've just called your job boring. It's okay. I'll take it on the chin. Um, I mean, it is, but carry on. So I am a HR <laughs> consultant, which sounds very fancy. But so, yeah, basically, uh, my background is HR and payroll. I've been HR and payroll for the last 10 years, worked my way up from payroll administrator to HR business partner which also sounds more fancy than it actually is. Um, and then we got a new HR and payroll system last year and I enjoyed the implementation so much. I decided I was going to go and work for the company that uh, make that system. And I now work as a consultant. So basically I talk to customers, help them decide how they want their system to be configured and all, all that lovely, boring stuff. But um, what do I love about it? I love the... I get to talk to different people all the time, which I never thought would be something I would love because I'm socially awkward, as you know. Um, but yeah, I like talking to different people all the time, helping them with issues with their system. What do I hate? Um, nothing yet. I've not been there long enough to hate anything. Um, oh, it's not even been a year, has it? No, it's a year in February. I think, what do I hate? No, I don't hate anything yet. And that's not because my boss might listen at some point. It's just, I'd literally, it's definitely, it was definitely the right decision to move. And it's, it's scary because I'd been at my previous 
employer for 10 years and I'd worked with my boss for 10 years and we had a really good relationship um and it was really hard to leave her behind um especially because we were such a it was just me and her for a very long time doing HR for the whole company and you know so it was difficult I felt quite responsible leaving her behind but she's got a great team with her now um much better than I ever was obviously um yeah and it was definitely the right decision because like I say I was getting to the point where I was burning out I wasn't really very effective in I was well I was effective in my role but I didn't feel like I was very effective in my role like I felt like I was struggling a little bit so what I'm doing now I think is much better suited to my skill set and I like working with systems I'm a bit of a geek as you know so it suits me down to the ground really yeah actually that was quite interesting I take it back your job is not boring thank you I appreciate that <laughs> uh is that me done anything else you can... yeah that is you done unless you want to share anything else with our lovely listeners mm. I think I'm done I don't want to talk over you anymore <laughs> <laughs> okay. right yeah we're done okay. hope you all enjoyed that learning about Lisa that was if fun still, if you're still awake thank you for listening <laughs> yeah thanks for listening I feel like I just want to throw a random question at you now, but I don't have anything else. You haven't got anything else? Um, I've got plenty. What book are you reading? I'm actually read. Well, I was reading a couple, but I'm reading um, "Killing for Company" about Dennis Nielsen, which is a bit morbid oh. because I watched the thing on ITV with David Tennant a few weeks ago, yeah. and I thought, "Oh, um, I'll read the book about him because obviously it's, it follows the the author." Um, meeting with him and stuff so I just thought it'd be interesting to read but I I don't really get time to read well I do actually I just procrastinate and don't give myself time to read so I'm reading that at the moment um but yeah well thank you Lisa thank you for letting me interrogate you and um what have we learned you like to live in luxury you like to exercise and what else I like talking over you a lot yes that too (laughs) Oh, <laughs>